Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olaomi Brigway, a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, where we are teaching and equipping women who have a burning desire for significance to create an exceptionally successful and fulfilling life without burnout or stress. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. My mission is to teach others to experience the same. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, we have only one goal teach and empower Christians to take full advantage of their rights and privileges in Christ so they can build exceptionally successful lives. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Olaomi Brigway, and welcome to episode 150 of the Super Abundant Life podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. A quick reminder before we go into today's episode, the podcast is going on an extended break starting from next week. And I explain why we're doing that in episode 149. So if you haven't listened to that, you may just want to quickly double back and listen to about the first five minutes or so. So we're going on an extended break, possibly for about six weeks. And in that time, we will not be publishing new episodes of the podcast. We will, however, be publishing older episodes of the podcast, which we call Spotlights. So you can definitely check in and look forward to those. Today, I'm going to be talking or essentially it's a charge. It's a call to action, something that God has been on my own case about (laughs) for a while now. And honestly, it is time for us to arise and to shine because God is counting on us. God cannot physically come down to save the earth in that sense. He's already done his own part. He's not going to come down and eradicate the things that we complain about in society. He's not going to come down and save human beings. He's already saved them. It is now our responsibility to lead people to the work that he's already done, etc., etc. And people think that, oh, what can I do? For example, I can't preach the gospel in my office. There are other ways that God wants you to bring salvation to others. And that is what today's episode is going to be about. I know that by the end of today's episode, you'll be charged up and you'll be ready to go saying, God, I want my light to shine. And I also share with you some practical strategies on how to do that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And as I said, we're going on a break. We will be back. You will know when we'll be back because we'll certainly announce it in advance. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and I will see you the next time we have a brand new episode. Bye. Welcome, welcome everyone. It's such a wonderful opportunity to always get into the word of God. The word of God is alive. It is beautiful. It is full of wisdom. And honestly, the more we understand the word, the more we actually interact with the word. Now I'm talking about the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, the more you want to get into the word. So welcome. Today, I'm going to be teaching from John chapter 1, verse 35, all the way to John chapter 2, verse 12. I've titled this one, Shine. Shine, it's a command and not a request. So shine, it's a command and it's not a request. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm going to break it down into two parts. I'll unfold all of that as we go along. The first scripture that I want to read is John chapter 1, verse 4. Now, it says that in him, talking about Jesus Christ, says that in Christ was life. And the life was the light of men. I've always sort of wondered about that scripture. For years, I'm like, 
in him is life and that life is the light of men when you ascribe that scripture to jesus it makes perfect sense because you're like okay everywhere jesus went is our light etc he's bringing us out of darkness into light and all of that that makes perfect sense but when you actually insert yourself because you know you, you have the audacity you have been given the right to be a son of god you have been given a right to take the position of jesus christ i know my feel like oh my god me i'm not jesus I'm, no, you're not Jesus, but you're a joint heir with Jesus. So what that means is you have exactly the same rights, the same privileges, the same authority, the same power like Jesus had and still has. You have exactly the same. So if I insert you and I insert me into John chapter 1 verse 4, I want you to look at this very carefully. So it's basically saying in allow me is life. And that life that is inside me is the light of men, is the light of this world. I am the light of this world. Okay. So when we look at that, well, I am the light of this world. Do we really understand what it means to be the light of this world? Do we truly, truly understand what it means? Because we can quote the scriptures, me, myself included, we say these things and we're like, I'm the light of the world. I'm a city set on a hill. I cannot be hidden. What does it really mean? Now, that's what I'm going to break down. I'm going to teach this in two parts. The first one is, as I said, God wants us to shine as lights onto men, right? And then we need to understand what that truly means. And the second one is, how do you now get to the place where you take an area of your life that is not currently shining and you get it to shine? All right, so starting from John 1.35, it says that again, John 1 verse 5, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. I'm going to talk about four disciples. How, how did Jesus' light shine? So when God gives a command and he says that your light, Jesus, is the light of men, how did Jesus actually do that? How did that come about? So let's say I'm going to talk about how four disciples, how did four specific disciples as highlighted in John chapter 1 and John chapter 2, follow Jesus. Why did they decide that, okay, this is the Messiah, we're going to follow him. And we're going to see something very important. As I'm saying these things, please, you know, the Holy Spirit will help you to put yourself inside what I'm saying because I'm talking to you. You understand what I mean? I'm not just talking from the Bible. I'm showing you that you, in you is light, in life. And that life is the light of men. So there are four disciples that were mentioned in John chapter 1 and John chapter 2. There's Andrew, there's Simon Peter, there's Nathaniel, and there's Philip. How did these four people end up following Jesus and believing in him? Now let's look at it. So I'm going to talk about all four and I'm going to show you something that will make you believe so absolutely in the power of God that is inside you that you will never ever doubt yourself again. You will never look at yourself and say, oh, but I can't do this. I don't. No, no, no. You will go out there and be like, ah, what's going on here? <laughs> Let's go and solve these problems. That is what I believe in God will happen as a result of this teaching today. So he says again, the next day, John stood with his two disciples and looking at Jesus, he walked. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. So Jesus was basically passing by. John was with a few of his disciples. And as Jesus passed by, he was just like, see, oh, that's the Lamb of <laughs> that's a person I've been telling people about. He's the Messiah. And verse 37 says, two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Now, I want you to bear this in mind. It didn't say that they believed in him. It says they followed him based on someone else's testimony. So John pointed and said, that's the person. And they were like, oh, okay. We understand and we believe what John is saying. So we're going to follow Jesus. Okay. Now, let me keep reading verse 40. It says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Are you following this? So the first disciple that I'm going to talk about is Andrew. He says, Andrew heard John say, that's the lamb. And he was like, oh, really? If that's the Messiah, I'm going to follow him. Then Andrew, it says, went and found his brother, Simon. So his brother is Simon Peter that we all know. And then he brought Simon to Jesus and he said, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah, you shall be called Cephas. 
Are you following this? So the second person is Simon that we all know. This was actually Simon's first introduction to Jesus. It wasn't at the boat. The boat was maybe the second or the third or whatever number of encounters. The first time Simon actually met Jesus was when his brother Andrew. Now notice that these two people, based on the testimonies of somebody else, they were mildly interested enough to say, okay, we're going to pay attention. But did you see either of them fall down and say, you are, you are the Messiah? No. Did you see them say, oh, we believe? No. And I'm going to show you that there's something specifically that happened that made these people actually cling to Jesus. All right. So that's the second one, second disciple. The third one is Philip. All this is from John chapter one. Says in verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. So Philip followed him. All these people are following apart from Simon. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida and the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel, number four, and then he said, we have found him who Moses and the prophets talked about. Now, I want you to see the difference between all these three and the fourth person. I'm starting with the word, Gongo, don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to move into how this relates to you in a moment, okay? So when Nathaniel came and he said, listen, we are found, Nathaniel's response was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, listen, your own is too much. I'm telling you that we found the Messiah. You're saying, can anything good? Yeah, come and see. So he was mildly interested enough to actually say, okay, fine, whatever. I'll come and see this Jesus that you're talking about. Now, let me keep reading. It says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, hold on a minute. How do you know me? Who is, why, why are you saying these things about me? I don't, you know, they just said we should come and see the Messiah. So don't start preaching to me. I'm just here because my friend Philip said I should come. And then Jesus answered him and said, before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree and I saw you. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, watch this closely. He said, Rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Compare Nathaniel's statement to the rest of them. So this one actually understood and said, wow, because of this sign that you have given, because of this extraordinary thing that you have shown me, I believe the rest of them, including Andrew. So Andrew, first of all, followed Jesus. He went and brought Simon. Simon was like, uh, Simon too did not get to that point of belief until the multitude of fish that he caught. That was when he eventually fell down and said, wow, you are truly the son of God. I want to follow you. Do you understand that? Philip too followed. Now, this is what I'm saying to you. The Bible says, let me go on to John chapter two. And I'm going to tie all of this together in a minute. He says that in chapter two, verse 11, after Jesus had turned water into wine, the beginning of science Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So all these people were following Jesus because of the testimonies of others. So John said, that's the lamb and they followed. And Nathaniel and like Philip said, come and see and they followed. But none of them actually came to the point where they actually clung to Jesus and believed and said, truly, truly, you are God until they saw something spectacular. Nathaniel received serious word of knowledge. So Jesus basically described him before he got there and he realized that this is a wonderful work. Nobody could have given him that information. What am I saying? What am I saying? So when God says in you is the life of God and that life is the light of men, when God is calling you to shine, he's not just saying, I mean, do you even know what that means? It's talking about produce works that people will see and they will marvel. None of Jesus' disciples just followed him. Just, they followed him, but they didn't truly believe until he had done something spectacular, until he had manifested something big that was out of the ordinary. So Andrew followed, okay? Philip followed. 
Simon was like, okay, no worries. But until Jesus demonstrated something really spectacular, they didn't believe. And it's the same thing with the people in your lives, right? When God says that you should shine, what he's really saying is you have to demonstrate. You have to allow the wisdom of God intermingle with you to produce results. Now, when people see the results, they will be like, what is going on here? It is not by the testimony. It is not by saying, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Imagine someone goes for an interview and based on the fact that they already had a relationship with someone on the panel, for example, and the person on the panel has already told everyone that this person, she can do the job. I'm telling you that she's qualified. I worked with her before she can do the job. Do you know that even if they employ that person based on the testimony of the person that recommended and you would agree with me that when that person starts the job, they will not keep that person based on the testimony. You have to produce results, meaning people, human beings judge by results. And God knows this. That's why he does not want any of us to live lives that are devoid, absent, of results you have to look at every single area of your life and you have to ask yourself am i being fruitful to the point that people will stop and they will notice and they'll say what is going on there that is what god means when he says shine okay that's what he's saying right even jesus the testimony of john was not enough for people to bow down and say you are the son of god they needed the miracle they needed the results. They needed to see what Jesus was doing in order for him to actually get them on board. And it's the same thing with every single one of us. Let me read Matthew chapter 5 to you. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. It says that you, you are the light of this world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, glorify your father in heaven. When will men glorify your father in heaven? Is it when you say, I'm a Christian? Is it when you say, oh, I go to church? Is it when you say, oh, actually, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? No, it says, when they see your good works, when they see, can you say that God has a really high stake in you being fruitful? Because he knows that that's the only way that people are going to be converted over to him. That's when he's going to grab people's attention. So in your career, in your family, in your parenting, in your finances, the more fruits you produce, the happier God is. God is like, yes. They're allowing the life of them, the life that is inside them, give light. Because when your light shines, people cannot discern, all right? People cannot look into your heart. The Bible says that men look on the outside. Men look on the outside, okay? Uh, men will judge you by your appearance. They will judge you by the results that you produce. God is the one that will still be saying, hey, well, you know, I know this person, This she has a good heart. She has a good heart. I will keep encouraging you. I will keep saying she can do it. She can do it. Listen, if somebody employed you to do a job and they give you six months or a year and you're not producing, they might have one meeting, encourage you small, have another meeting. After a while, they'll be like, okay, sorry, we can't see the results. Okay, bye-bye. God is the one that believes in us absolutely that his belief in us cannot be shaken men are not like that so if you walk into a place and you feel entitled that because i've arrived people should just start giving me accolades even based on your past results i'm sorry men are not god men are not god they can't see inside you they can only judge by the external that is why god is so desperate for you to shine for you to manifest, okay? And we're going to see what that means. So do you know that? And that's why I've titled this shine. It's a command. It's not a request. When the Bible says, let your light shine. This was Jesus speaking. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. 
Does that remind you of something? Remember in Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. It's the same, right? So Jesus said, let your light shine. God said, let there be light. Well, if you go and look at the original Hebrew of the words that God spoke and said, let there be light. Do you know it was a command? It was light, be. So that let there be light that was translated was literally light, be. So when Jesus says, quote and unquote, let your light shine, do you know what he's really saying? Allow me, shine. I need you to shine because when you shine, that is when people will come closer and they'll be asking, there's something going on here. The same way Moses was attracted to the burning bush. So this whole idea, especially for women that, oh, I don't really want, I don't really want. No, 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 no. God is interested in you shine. He has a high stake in it. This whole shrinking back, pulling back, not really wanting people to know how well you're doing, not really wanting and all these things. They give you an opportunity and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if, what will people say? Listen, listen, God is commanding you. He's saying shine. He's commanding you. Why? That men may see your good works. Remember men, they don't discern the heart unless God actually gives them insight into your heart. Okay? You are doing well in your career at work. You are producing all these excellent things. But for you to now showcase it, you're like, oh no, I don't really want. No. How will the people in your office know that you have a life inside you that can conquer everything if you are number one, not producing the works, and number two, not allowing the works that you are producing to be seen. Because it is when people see. It says that men may see. So it is when they see your good works that God can be glorified. Should I read that scripture to you again? Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine. In other words, shine before men that you they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven so when we cover up when we hide do you know what we're really doing how many of us here want to give all the glory to god we keep singing it god i want to give you all the glory happy that i don't even know if that song exists i've just made it up <laughs> you want happy you want god to receive all the glory say take all the glory lord but when you cover up your light when you don't produce results one and number two, when you produce results and you cover it up, God is not receiving the glory. People cannot see that there's something different about this one. Yeah, they can't see because they judge by appearance. Remember what I started with. Out of four disciples that eventually followed Jesus and became apostles, okay, none of them, the first one that actually said, oh, I believe, was Nathaniel that received serious word of K. Jesus just dropped one serious word of K. and said, look at this one. Before you came here, you were standing under the fig tree. I'm sure Jesus even did like Ephesians and said, you know what, you were wearing this, you were even telling this one, da, da, da. And Nathaniel was like, eh? <laughs> he was the first one out of those four to say, you saw me, wow. And then he said, I believe. The other three, yeah, Andrew, Philip and Simon, they kind of followed, but until he turned water into wine, the Bible says that that was when they too now did what? Believed. Even Jesus had to manifest works for people to follow him and to believe in him and for him to bring glory to God. So your fruitfulness is God's avenue for people to believe in him. It is not by what you say. It is not by calling yourself a Christian. So you can imagine if something like that, that is so important to God, try and imagine how much resources God has committed to your fruitfulness, to your fruitfulness as a parent, to your fruitfulness in your career. Because we sort of try to separate these things. I'll say, well, maybe God is not really interested in me becoming CEO. God is interested in you becoming CEO. 
Do you understand? Because you are manifesting works. So what does it mean to shine? What does it mean to shine? See, when that marriage that you have been complaining about, and all this thing, oh, this one, oh God, my marriage, my marriage. Listen, God wants that marriage to be so dramatically turned around that people will be coming, they will, they will be attracted to say, ah, what is going on here? What is going on here? If there are no results, nobody cares who you are. And that's the truth. It might sound harsh, right? That's the truth. No, listen, everybody is doing their own hustle or hustle, as they'll say. <laughs> everybody is hustling, okay? Everybody is facing their own matter until something's out of place shows up. People will just continue living their lives the way they've always known it. So it is, he's counting on us in order for our lives. So what does it mean for your light to shine? What does it mean for your light to shine? So when God commanded and said, allow me shine, remember, let your light shine. It was a command. Say shine. I'm telling you, you must shine because there are people waiting to see that light in order for them to draw closer to God. Yeah. He has placed you in that company. Now the problem, and I'm going to talk about how we shine as part of this in the second part. The problem is we now become part of those people. We start complaining like they're complaining. You that God has deposited so many resources, the life, the power, Angels are waiting to just be doing exactly what you are saying to demonstrate the power of God. But you're like, you join the people that are saying, oh, I don't know. There's no solution. And God is like, hey, see this child of mine. Don't you know who you are? Don't you know that that life that is inside you has already created room for you to shine? Okay. What does it mean? When God commands you and says shine, what does that mean? It means to produce results in the service of people. And when people see it, they will give glory to God. They will be drawn to him and want to know him further. Before I move on to the second part, I want to share a very powerful testimony that one of our super abundant women shared with me. This is what I mean. A few members of her family, some got COVID and her mom in particular, there was, there was, there was growth and there was a lot of fear and all those things. But this person that I'm talking about, she had been mingling with the word of God. You know, in Saul, we talk about, listen, there's no reason for you to be afraid of anything. Just take the word, stand on the word and begin to declare it. She had been taught all these things. She had intermingled with the wisdom of God. She knew that there was life inside her. Even though she didn't get COVID, her husband did, her sister did. So members of her family were basically experiencing sickness. What did she do? She realized that I have life inside me. She didn't panic, which is what I'm saying. When we see problems, we to join and begin to act as if there's no life inside us. And God is saying, I don't understand, but I deposited something inside you to cause your light to shine. So she, she went back, listened to all the teachings that I had done on healing in Saul, went back to her notes, took the declarations, gave it, to gave the declarations to her sister, started praying over her husband and gave the declarations to her mom. Now her mom, they said they had found a growth and they were going to carry out more tests to find out what it was. And obviously that, you know, her mom was already panicked. And rightly so she was like, oh my God, it could be cancer. Now this is what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. This is someone rather than panicking at along. And she told me that in the past, she too would have entered that place of panic. Like, oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? COVID. And then now cancer. Somebody that is dear to her, her mother. And her mother currently is not even a Christian. This is what I'm saying. So she took the declarations. She started speaking them over her mother, over her sister, over her family that was experiencing sickness. And she also gave the declarations to her mother. Her mother is not a Christian. Listen to what I'm saying. But this is someone that realizes that life is inside me. And that life is the light of the people in my environment. So her mother was declaring the thing. 
She was praying over her, declaring it. When they went back, there was nothing absolutely wrong. It blew my mind for two reasons. Number one, she said as she was going through that, the kind of peace that she was expressing in itself was a miracle. This is someone that has come into an understanding that, listen, God wants me to be a manifester of his life everywhere I go, right? And secondly, are you going to tell me that the words that her mom has been speaking and the fact that there was a result, a mass, something that was supposed to be cancer, suddenly, doctor suddenly came back and said, oh, sorry, it's not cancer. There's nothing wrong with you. Someone, see, that is light shining. She has seen the result that, oh my goodness, this Jesus is real. That's what I'm saying. And he didn't take a pastor to lay hands. This is someone that is quote unquote an ordinary Christian, but understands that inside me is the life and that life is the light of men. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop looking down on yourself. Stop looking down on yourself. God needs your light to shine because that light, the works, and when I say light, I'm not just saying, you know, you're glowing. <laughs> Like you're just glowing, your skin is glowing. No, it's not kind, not that kind. I, mean, I don't know. For somebody, it might be your own testimony. People come and ask you that, why is your skin glowing? I don't know. But <laughs> what I'm saying is even Jesus had to produce works, had to produce work. So in your office, I'm sorry, but it is not okay for you to be one of the least performing people there. As a Christian, God is saying, listen, you are in that place. Do you not understand that you are my representative to produce works that will make people draw close and say, what's going on there? The same way Moses was attracted to the burning bush. If the burning bush had not been spectacular, Moses would have walked up us and said, I don't care. But because he saw something, he was like, oh, so you can't be the least performing and just say, I'm here to collect salary. God is honestly, genuinely perplexed when we have that kind of attitude, because it's like when you shine, number one, you yourself are a partaker of that light. And number two, it will draw men unto him. God needs you. Okay. Because not everyone, now this is, listen to this, not everyone that is solving problems will give him the glory. Even though most times the ability and the wisdom to solve those problems of humanity came from him. Look around you. Look at the people that maybe invented the World Wide Web, the people that brought us computers, people that gave us social media and all those things. A lot of them will brandish the fact that they are atheists. They will brandish the fact that there is no God and they don't believe in God. They will brandish the fact that it says certain things that they will exalt that God does not like. Now imagine when we, all right, as children of God, begin to shine. You are the first person to say, it is the glory of God within me that is enabling me to do these things. I've already really seriously come here to help us have that mind shift. It's time to stop hiding. It's time to stop hiding because people will not come to God until they see your light shining, i.e. until they see you producing excellent works. Excellent works, okay? God wants you to produce works that people will see and they will start running to you. And when they run to you, when they are drawn to you, you will point them towards Jesus. All right. So God needs us because not everyone says all good and perfect gift comes from above. God is the one. If you see anything good on this earth, God is the one that did it. If you see, oh, they found a cure for cancer. It is God that made that inspiration come to a man. But the problem is there are people that are sincerely searching for solutions to problems of humanity. And God loves humanity so much that he will give it to anyone whose heart is open. But the, like I said, the problem is a lot of these people will not give God the glory. They won't give God the glory. So what God really wants as in to come and to, you know, come closer to the burning bush and say, wow. And then in coming closer to the burning bush, he now introduce himself to them. 
Can you see that? So when you walk into your office the next time, don't walk in there like a mere employee that I'm just here to do my job and collect my salary. No, you have to, you have to go to God. You have to get ideas. You have to get ideas that would literally birth something new that people are like, how are you doing it? Honestly, they will literally be like, so you don't even have to open your mouth and say Jesus. But by the level of results that you're producing, people will be drawn. They'll be drawn. They'll be like, ah, how is this person doing this thing? And because you are openly Christian, they will begin to put two and two together. They'll begin to match it together and say, ah, it looks as if everywhere I meet somebody that is a Christian, they seem to be displaying works that are spectacular. After a while, you know, nobody's that stupid. After a while, they'll put it together and say, ah, Christianity means supernatural works. Ah, I think me too, I need to go and know this the God that they are saying is Jesus. So that's how it's going to happen. That is how it's going to happen. God is counting on us. So the second thing I want to talk about is, so how do you actually shine? Okay, so I spent the first half gingering you, all right? Pouring life into you and letting you know that the life of God inside you is looking to express itself in supernatural works that will draw people, that will cause them to stop and pay attention, all right? So how do you actually take an area of your life and cause it to shine, whether it's in your career, whether it's a, a child that is a little bit off course, do you understand that? It should not be a testimony. At least don't stay there. Where your own child is the one that is the most badly behaved in the whole school. They say, oh, these uh, Christians have come again. It shouldn't be. If it's like that, you, you have to say, ah, what's going on here? God, your life is inside me to demonstrate now. So we can acknowledge that this is where it is, but please don't stay there. You shouldn't be the least performing member of your team at work. You understand? We shouldn't be as Christians always you know, looking for money to buy things, as in to, to meet our needs. Honestly, okay? So how do you take an area? So now that you've heard all that, I'm a teacher, so I don't just inspire. I also teach exactly what you can do. John chapter 2, Jesus turned water into wine, and I'm going to break it down into, I think, four or five steps of things that you can actually do to cause your light to shine. And when, remember what I mean by that? It means to produce supernatural results that people will stop and they'll be like, what's going on there? That is what it means to shine, okay? Not to pray in tongues at work that people will literally be avoiding you. Like, just <laughs> I'm saying, what's, there's something wrong with that person. She's speaking in some funny language that we don't understand. No, it's not that kind. We don't want to draw people away from God. We want to draw them closer to God. So, first one, John chapter 2, says Jesus and his mother and his quote-unquote disciples, by this time, they were just following Jesus. So, only Nathaniel had said, oh, I believe you are the son of God. The rest of them were just doing follow, follow. Because it was until he actually demonstrated a supernatural work he turned water into wine. That was when they now said, <gasps> they believed. Okay? So they were still doing follow, follow. So they all went to a wedding. The first thing I want you to see, and you must understand, is this. Where does God want you to shine, to demonstrate supernatural works? It is in your everyday life. Notice how Jesus went to a wedding. It wasn't at church. It was literally... Maybe it was his cousin or his uncle or somebody that was getting married. We don't know who was getting married. It might have been a neighbor. So in your everyday life, start from there. In your office, in your career, okay? We cannot honestly be people that are only working to get a salary. It can't be. So in everything, anywhere, look at your life and take a catalog. They say that, you know, there are about seven major areas of life. Take a catalog of those seven areas and then one by one, be taking them and saying, where is it that I'm not displaying supernatural works? And take it to God and say, Father, I thank you because I know 
that there is life inside me. And that life is the light of men. For it to be the light of men, it has to produce something spectacular. So number one, in order for you to turn a barren area into fruitfulness or for your light to shine, you must understand that it is in your everyday life. Don't wait for, quote and unquote, an opportunity where somebody will come to you and say, oh, actually, I want you to come and, you know, speak to 10,000 young people about Jesus Christ. That's when you now think your light is shining. No. In your everyday life, in your relationship with your husband or your wife, in your parenting over your children, the fact that your children do well and excel, that is your light shining. The fact that you exceed targets that are set for you at work, that is your light shining. The fact that money comes to you and you're not chasing after money, you have money to pay all your bills and much more to give, that is your light shining. The fact that you're healthy in your body, that is your light shining. So that's the first one. The second one is this. It says in verse 3 of John chapter 2, When they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. They have no wine. So right where Jesus was going about his daily life, there were problems there. There were problems there. So number two is, don't, so it's linked to the first one that I said. Don't go looking over the mountain and over the seas, looking for problems to solve, looking for who to bless. I mean, for example, I know this is wonderful and I do this as well and we have a heart for people. But if you think about it, you say, oh, I want to help children that are maybe back home in Nigeria that are not going to school. I do this. Okay. So I'm not condemning this. But a lot of times we, we think of it as somewhere far away that until I can do something big. No, God is waiting for you right where you are. There are problems. Jesus went to a wedding and the wine ran out. And let me console you. Do you know that Jesus too wanted to do a capas? <laughs> do you know? Jesus was like, what's my own? <laughs> if wife feeling, mm -hmm. is it my wife? Is it my wedding? What's my own? He wanted to do a capas. Number one, what did I say? It is right. It is in your life now. Right? That God wants to shine. Number two, open your eyes. There are problems all around in your own personal life and the things that are connected to you that God wants you to solve that will cause men to be attracted to you and to the God in you. Number three, Jesus wanted to do waka pass. So you're in good company. You're in good company. So when you feel like, what's my own? It's cooking on my department. I've done me what I'm supposed to do. That was how Jesus felt. So number three is you need people in your life who are midwives of destiny, right? You can call them what you want. You can call them mentors. You can call them coaches or whatever it is that will help you see where you should be focusing your attention. So Jesus was about to say, listen, woman, this thing is not my problem. I only came for the jollof rice and the fried meat and the cook. If the wine is finished, I'm sure they can sort it out. If Jesus can feel like that, all right, he said, my time has not come. If his time truly had not come, would he have done the miracle? So it was more of, oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I don't know. I don't feel ready. How can my first miracle be in a wedding, turning water into wine? I'm pretty sure all these thoughts were going through his mind. Like, I don't know. It has to be something spectacular, like part the Red Sea or something. But he was right there. God was calling him right there to cause his light to shine. So you need people in your life. Number three, you need people in your life. Surround yourself with people that will keep pulling you higher, that will keep, that will believe in you and keep pulling out of you what you don't even see in yourself. That was what Mary helped Jesus to do. So you are at work. You should have mentors or, or, or sponsors when they say, go for this role, you're like, ah, I don't think I'm ready. I think I need you know, another year or two. And they say, no, go for this role. Lead that project. You need people like that. And don't just leave it to chance. Don't just say they will come. You have to call them in. You have to be declaring every day that helpers of destiny, midwives of destiny come and they easily connect with me. I recognize them and I easily connect with them. 
because these are the people because when you face those problems a lot of times you will feel inadequate jesus didn't want to do it but his mother made him do it he didn't want to and for me that's so comforting like ah jesus was about to work up us like this is not my problem so i don't feel bad i just feel like oh god send me someone that will show me who what i really carry that will speak words of life and show me that i can do it okay so that's the third one people that will act as midwives of destiny that will keep pulling you higher pulling you higher and take initiative you have to pray and ask god to connect you with those kind of people especially in the areas where you know that the light has not really been shining and you want your light to shine okay the next one verse 5 says so jesus said woman how does this concern me my hour has not yet gone come but his mother basically ignored him so you need people like that in your life and number five sorry number four is so key verse five his mother said to the servants whatever he says to you do it now i want you to look at this if jesus had walked out even if jesus had agreed that okay fine okay yes okay fine let me help them turn what i to one and he called his servant and he said servants please come see those water pots over there can you go and can you go and fill the pot of water do you know that it was well within the right of the servant to say who is this one who are you to be telling what to do are you the bridegroom no are you the bride no are you the father of the bride no who are you do you understand that so <laughs> what am i saying you need the opportunities the platform the opportunities for you to be able to demonstrate because if those servants had ignored jesus and what he was about to do there would have been no miracle this is where a lot of us sort of shrink back because they're like yes i know i want to i know i want to but there's no opportunity where's the platform where's the whatever it is the, the same thing you have to take initiative and begin to declare so there's something that i say regularly as part of my confession that anyone and everyone that is relevant to the fulfillment of the will of God in my life, that they always cooperate with me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's go back to the area of career. You see a job opportunity or you see a project and there's something inside you that's telling you that you know you can do a fantastic job with that opportunity. You know that if you take on that project, you can see the problem and God has given you the wisdom to be able to turn it around and bring something beautiful out of it that will make men wonder and marvel at, wow, but if they don't actually give you the opportunity, if they don't open the door to you to do this thing, then that's the end of it. All right? So Mary went to them. I said, whatever. It was a command. She wasn't asking. So she commanded the servants and said, whatever my son tells you to do, do it. The same way you must command that wherever the opportunities are for you to express your light, for you to shine, that those opportunities show up. You command the same way Mary commanded them. She didn't ask for their opinion. Just said, do it. Open the door and let him do this miracle. So that's the next thing, right? When you see something that you know, this one, I can do it. You have to command it. You have to say, listen, God has called me for my light to shine. Therefore, this is what's going to happen. And the last one, he says, so his mother said, whatever he says to you, do it. Verse six of John chapter two. Now, when the, there were set six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification, Jesus said to them, fill the water pot with water and they filled it to the brim. He now said, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. The last one here is, it is the wisdom of God, the life of God that is inside you that will produce these results so you have to be in the habit of asking god look at the problems in your environment and say god you want to serve humanity you want to make life better for every single human being you want this company that i'm working in to prosper do you know that god wants that you want there to be a solution and a cure for cancer you want every child to be raised up in a godly way. You want my husband to prosper. You want my children to be godly and to excel. 
that means you have a wisdom that will allow it happen. I'm opening up myself to that wisdom. So that wisdom to know exactly what to do came from God. For Jesus to show up and just say, all right, do this, do this, do this, do this, and then it produced results. This is how you also must show up. This is how you must show up. So you go to God and you're like, God, this problem, there's a solution. And it is an opportunity for my light to shine. It is an opportunity for me to express the supernatural works that will cause people to pause and to say, what's going on over there? Remember, I keep going back to the analogy of Moses and the burning bush. When your light is shining, when you're producing works, supernatural things, people will stop and they will come closer. But when they're coming closer, what they're really doing is they're coming closer to God and to know God further. So that is how you take something, the problems in your environment. Start with one. Don't be content with living with problems that you know God has already released wisdom to solve. For two reasons. Number one, he wants you to be happy. He wants you to have a beautiful career, a beautiful marriage, a beautiful whatever it is. He wants you to have all these things in abundance. He cares about you. That's number one. Number two, when you enter into that abundance, other people will be drawn to him as well. Why? Because you are his child and you will give him the glory. Stop ignoring problems in your environment. It is not easy, but you have to push through. Remember that Jesus too didn't want to do it. Okay? He didn't want to do it. That's comforting and is encouraging for us. He didn't want to do it. It was like, oh, oh, listen, you know, just leave me. I don't, let me just stay in this corner. He, he didn't want to do it. But there was someone in his life that made him do that, reminded him of who he was. And I pray in the name of Jesus that God will surround us with such people, number one, and that he will continually open our eyes to who we truly are in Christ Jesus. Every time you are tempted to wakapas or to give up and throw your hands up and say, well, I've tried. Listen, if you tried and it did not produce a supernatural work, you haven't yet received the wisdom of God for that problem. You understand? So don't say, but I've tried. But like, what, the, what the thing you tried, was it human wisdom? Or was it a wisdom that came directly from God? Because if it's wisdom that came directly from God, meaning the life of God, it will surely produce light. It will surely produce light. So when you feel like you just want to settle, I know this thing is not ideal. I know that I'm not happy. And you want to look at an area of your life and just leave it and like, oh, at least nobody is dead. Let's just carry on with life. No, 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 no. There's so much at stake. There's so much at stake. God is honestly, every day is like, get up. I need you to shine. He's commanding us, shine, shine so that men might see your good works. He's saying, don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that career and just say, listen, as long as my mortgage is paid. No. How much time do we spend at work? At least 40 hours. How can we invest 40 to some people, 60 hours. And the only thing you're really walking away from that is they're paying you a salary. It has to be more than that. That means we're the same. Jesus said, don't be like the heathen. All they're interested in is what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we something? Say, no, listen, the money is just to help you, to sustain you. But there's a reason why you're in that workplace. It is to allow your light to shine and to produce the kind of results that people will be like, what is going on here? They will draw closer. And all the time, the kind of thing that I'm talking about is wrapped around a problem. So when you see a problem at first, like Jesus, you might want to walk up past and say, leave me. But I pray, in fact, his mother, is the Holy Spirit to us. If you will admit it, the Holy Spirit will not let you go. He will keep bringing that thing back to you and he will not leave you alone. God has called us to shine. It's a command. It's saying, 
allow me shine shine that men may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven that child that issue that problem that you have been tempted to just coast and just leave it you might like i said you may have tried but try again this time go to god and say the same way you gave jesus the wisdom to turn that water into wine and what was the result of that he says that his disciples believed in him so when he his light started to shine when he turned that water into wine all the people that have been doing follow 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 oh we are the disciples of jesus they didn't really believe in him honestly didn't really believe in him until they say eh water to wine k as a result of that they believed in him are you telling me that that bridegroom would not have followed jesus he would have because he knows what happened <laughs> so call your name and say allow me shine god did not request that you shine he's commanding you to shine he's commanding you to shine stop limiting god and the expressions of god in your life stop shrinking back this whole idea of shrinking back i'm telling you it is not godly it is not godly when we see problems in our environment and i when i say environment i don't mean china i don't mean middle east that they're killing christians in the middle east listen there are some people that god has captured to solve those things now you can pray for them what i'm saying is right around you the same way jesus went to a wedding and there was a problem there for him to solve and when he solved that problem it caused his light to shine he caused men to draw near and say ah, how can you serve the best wine at the end of the feast as opposed to the beginning do you understand what i'm saying it is your everyday life so i'm going to leave you with this why does god want you to shine in fact what am i saying why does god need you to shine two reasons number one he wants desperately to solve the problems of humanity starting with you so he wants to solve the problems in your life he wants you to take that life that is inside you to manifest it and produce supernatural works in your life in your career in your marriage in your business in your parents in the lives of your children in your health in your relationships and not just for you for everybody around you because like I, that testimony that I gave, someone allowed her light to shine in the area of healing and four different members of her family received healing. An ordinary quote-unquote Christian, not like a pastor that came and laid hands. Someone that just decided there's life inside me. She took the word, shared it with them, and as a result of that, her light was able to shine. God wants to solve problems of humanity and he needs you. That's number one. Number two, there are people in the world who also have this desire to solve the problems of humanity. And because God, it will get to it, God doesn't care. He just wants the problems. He wants to alleviate the sufferings of people. God does not like his people or even atheists. He doesn't like people because they're his children. He doesn't like us suffering. So when there are people, so like the Bill Gates of this world, so like the Steve Jobs and all these people, when they look and they say, we see a problem here, we want to solve a problem, and they open themselves up, the wisdom will come from heaven to give them what to do and how to solve those problems. But do you know what the problem is? They won't give glory to God. In fact, they will draw people further away from God because they will testify that there is no God. You can see now why God is desperate for you as a child of God, as a Christian, openly Christian. You don't hide. You don't say, eh, okay, maybe I'm not a Christian. When I see something, no, we have, maybe when we're in secondary school, <laughs> we have gone past the stage where we'll be hiding and saying, maybe I'm not a Christian. You, you are so openly Christian that nobody can call you otherwise. That is why he needs you to be the kind of person that is opening herself up to solve the problems of humanity, starting with the problems in your own life. Do you understand that? So God is desperate for you to shine. That's why he commanded you. And he said, 
allow me shine shine that men may see your good works and praise your father in heaven because men do not discern the heart they will say oh i perceive that you're a christian mm, i perceive that you're a christian no oh i perceive that you, you you are able to solve that problem no they won't come near okay they will only come near when they see good works and i'll finish up with this scripture john chapter 1 verse 4 in allow me so I'm replacing, when it says in him, talking about Christ, is also talking about me and it's also talking about you. So let me actually speak it into your life. In you is life and that life that is inside you is the light of men. So we cannot be acting as people that are in the dark too. We join the people that are complaining. We join the people that are murmuring. We join the people that say, oh, we don't even know what the government is doing, you know. We miss them. I don't even know what is uh, the leadership, the senior leadership. They're just behaving anyhow. No, you can't, you can't be acting like you're in the dark. You're not in the dark. It says in you is life. And that life is the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. That light will bring solutions to problems and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Meaning problems you will solve to such a degree that nobody can question and say, oh, maybe they use Mago Mago or something like that. Do you understand that? That's who you are. Okay. That is exactly who you are. And that's what I've come to tell you today. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much.